complete and total garbage. I don't know why that happens. Ever since I have gotten this new phone, it struggles with the YouTube live app. So I'm going to try again part two and see what happens. Uh, I see people starting to roll in now. I'm really sorry about that. I don't know what was happening. Uh, the app shut down. I restarted the phone. It would not let me go back in to the live stream. So I ended the other one, started this one. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. What's up, YouTube? Start over. What's up, Ronald Parrish? How are you, sir? Telecoming, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. What's up, Lush Lawns? Glad you made it. So, after that giant error of a technical difficulty there, made it back. I can't remember what exactly I was talking about. I was talking about seating and using tenacity. <clears throat> okay, so I had a, a comment from uh, Steve, who's up in the Johnson City, Tri-Cities area. What's up, Brandon? How are you, sir? And uh, and he was asking, you know, why not leave the weeds in place, seed into it, and, uh, and work with it that way? And the whole reason I don't do that is I, I like to do it at the same time. I like to make that transition as gradual as possible. So by spraying for the weeds at the same time you seed, you kind of minimize the amount of time um, of transition between you know weedy lawn to not weedy lawn. And then on top of that, what you're doing is inhibiting the growth of those weeds to the point where they're not going to interfere with the germination of the seed. There's going to be no real massive competition deal. Uh, I'm getting messages about uh, issues with the live stream. It's fine. It's, it's coming back up. Uh, let me make this text here to new stream. Okay. Okay. People concerned. I'm back. Duck sprayed the dismiss on the star of Bethlehem. That's awesome, mom. Um, so anyway, that's why I, I like to use, you know, when I, again, this, this whole spring seeding thing is completely experimental. And the only reason I'm doing it is because of a, um, an irrigation system. So with the use of an irrigation system, I'm a little more confident in going about it. How much this is going to be successful? Not much, maybe 50%. But in this instance, 50% is going to be better than none because there's literally none. So what do you do? What do you do? Uh, what are you going, what are you doing on round two for the lawn? You put tenacity on round two is normal or taking out the prodiamine because of root pruning. Uh, Brandon, I, I, I realize that when I talk about root pruning, I, I usually stir up like a world of, uh, of, of trouble. Okay, so is root, uh, is root pruning a thing? Yes. Is it something that we should be concerned about? Yes. Is it something that's going to affect every turf, turf grass we apply it to? Probably not. Not at the rates we're going at. 
So you have to think about the the environmental conditions that are going to make root pruning more favorable, and that that's that's going to be clay soils. Um, they're going to have a stronger vapor barrier that doesn't get very deep. It tends to sit right there at the surface. So, um, once, uh, okay. So when we're dealing with fescue, you know, we're dealing with, with a, um, with the turf type that's going to be established from a seed. So from that seed, it's immediately going to push, push a root into the ground and then you're going to get shoot growth come from that root. So as soon as we get that root pushed into the ground, you know, it's, I won't say it's a hundred percent safe, but it's less likely to be affected by the pre-emergent. So my plan is to go out with tenacity. And if I can get it up to the point where it's being cut, then I will feel safe to go out with a rate of prodiamine or dimension. Uh, I will probably not run full rates of either. I may go out at three quarters of a pound of prodiamine of active per acre. Um, or the middle rate of the dimension. I, I honestly can't remember what that rate is, but that's kind of the plan is, you know, okay, so we, we get it through this, this early period here, we get it pushed up and then, you know, we don't come in and, and, and slam it, you know, with a pound and a half of AI of prodiamine per acre. And the reason being is that that's going to extend into that fall overseed timeframe. So what we do is we get it up, get it established, then run a fairly light rate of prodiamine on top of it to get us through the growing season and make sure it's completely out of the soil. So when it is time to seed in the fall, normally we can go ahead and seed in the fall normally. If that makes sense. In terms of root pruning, what you need to be more concerned with are going to be grass types that reproduce stoloniferously. So your Bermuda grass, if you're trying to cover large areas of Bermuda grass, you're not going to slow the spread of Bermuda grass by root pruning. But what happens is, is I don't know if you've ever seen it where guys will mow a Bermuda lawn and then you'll have this big, huge tuft that gets sucked up into the ground and uh, and you'll have these big, giant, long 18-inch runners with no roots that have tacked down along the way. Ideally, what you have happen is a Bermuda grass stolen will move and then tack down and then move and then tack down. What happens is you get these long runners that never do tack down. And... Um, and then those become extremely susceptible to winter damage and stuff because there's not enough root system to support that much of a stolen. So your stoloniferous grasses, Bermuda grass, um, uh, centipede, St. Augustine, those are the ones you need to be careful with the most when it comes to root pruners, which are going to be all our DNA, um, all of our DNA pre-emergence. Um, do you think you can do that with warm season grass seed and kill? Uh, yes, Telly, you definitely can. Um, are you saying like kill, kill the entire lawn and then seed warm season grass? You, de you definitely can. Uh, do you feel that is good enough keyletter versus using EDTA, DPGA, DDHA? Yeah, I th in fact, I think you would like citric acid as a keylater more than you would like uh, EDTA is going to give you a run for, for its money, but DBTA, EDDHA, uh, one, it's relatively unaffordable, and two, um, it's relatively unpredictable. So, uh, yes, I think you will like citric acid more than those three. You'll definitely get more of a color response from it. 
Uh, for the areas that have mowed and put fert down, how does a heavy snow affect things in the lawn? <laughs> okay, so a heavy snow will probably cause... Um, uh, tip damage it's it's gonna it's gonna damage the the grass and in that way you know probably cause some some stress just from freezing it um but really that's about it and as soon as the snow is gone and soil temperatures have resumed uh you know the fart that was applied is going to be relatively stable because it's cold outside so it should recover really quickly as soon as soil temperatures resume uh, I wouldn't be concerned at all about mowing and fertilizing and then a big snow falls on top of it. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the business. Uh, John Bates, four pounds of N will do the same to centipede. That's correct. That's correct. I was talking to your brother about I used to have a centipede yard and we ran high rates of uh, ammonium sulfate and T-nex on it. And it was actually it was beautiful, but it did uh, it did kill the grass. But uh, I think I was kind of designed. Happy Monday, Phil Sullivan. Thanks, man. Well, then I will reckon I will have to uh, do more Monday shows. That's right. I know lots of people have Bible study, study on Sunday nights. So uh, I will try. Uh, maybe start mixing it up. I, I, Monday nights are actually probably pretty terrible for me uh, because that's when my kids have dance class and my wife uh, has dance class after that as she sneaks around the room. And acts like I don't hear her or see her doing those things. So, um, yeah, I may start mixing it up. Maybe maybe doing some Thursdays. Y'all let me know which days would be best for the show. Um, because I'm definitely not married to Sunday myself either. So, I did that project today. Actually, I did two of those projects today. One of them I had to abandon because I kept getting my aerator stuck. I can tell you, I could do it seven days a week, but uh, I think people would grow tired of hearing me talk. I could listen to myself talk all the time. So, that's a joke. Um, I did two of those seatings today. I'm glad she's feeling better. That's funny, Josh. That's funny. Um, two of those seatings and glad to get those off the plate. But, like I said, I kept getting my aerator stuck on the other one with the snow we got this morning and stuff. It was just wet enough where I was uh, doing a, um, uh, I was doing more damage than I was any good on that particular property. So I had to, I had to end that one where I got to it and it's going to have to firm up some before I can go any more on it. This will make, I'm probably going to do an acre of spring seedings with the tenacity um, just to make sure I get an adequate feel for it. Only one am I doing without irrigation. The rest of them are going to be irrigated property, so you know I feel like a um, I feel like I will have a good grip on the consistency and performance uh, with the tenacity. And um, after about an acre, after about an acre of it, I, I should feel pretty comfortable with what it's going to do. Uh, I have never used an aerator. I love Pete's aerator. Um, the problem is, is that uh, I could only use that on about half my yards, and I would rather have a piece of equipment that I could use on all of them. I wish they had a small one that I could get on all of them. They could fit through a 36-inch gate. Then we're talking. That'd be a bad piece of machinery there. Uh, do you feel it is important to check pH of solution when spraying herbicides or only for storing the extra solution? Um, 
No, it is important. You know, when it comes to maximizing the bang for your buck of your, your tank, uh, then yeah, absolutely check it. Um, and it helps to know because like some, some fungicides, the, the efficacy is going to be reduced down to mere minutes or maybe even an hour uh, from the time it's applied. And, and so, you know, here's the deal is, you know, you, you mix your tank and what if it takes you an hour and a half to get that entire tank out? You know, well, you know, only 75% of what you apply is going to be effective. So it is important. Now you, do you have to check every tank mix you mix? Probably not. Um, um, Suburban Jungle Life, are, are you the guy who lives down in Texas uh, that uh, turned me on to the GSR calcium? Um, because it, I, I know you were in a, in a unique pos position with the, uh, w with you know, really bizarre, uh, it was like crazy high pH or something, and super acidic water. I remember it was, it was really bizarre. Super salty soil, I think it was. You know, not everybody faces that. You you can pretty much gather a baseline for pH of of, of tanks. Um, you know, after a couple fill-ups, usually there's not going to be that extreme of, of variance. You know, maybe you want to check it seasonally. So you know, with the change of it each season, check it, um, and you know, kind of make your determination that way. As long as you're filling up at the same place, day in and day out, you know, once you gather your uh, your baseline, then you know, mix for that. Uh, the important thing is to understand, you know, when when you're dealing with pH, it's it's you have to understand the class herbicide you're using. For instance, if you're a warm season guy, understand which sulfonylureas are going to be more soluble at higher pH versus phenoxy herbicides that are going to be more effective at lower pH. So really those are the only two things you need to be super concerned about is the sulfonylureas um, are going to be have a higher solubility at a high pH. Phenoxy herbicides are going to be more effective at a lower pH. So that's that's kind of it. Um, my let's whoa, whoa, got a lot of questions here. How did you grow your clients? At what rates did you pick up clients when you started? Alan, you can shoot me an email on that. That's just one of the things I don't I don't really like to talk about on YouTube. Um, what are your soil temps? Soil temps are in the uh, mid to upper forties. If you were still dragging a hose, what would be your end source? A uh, combination of straight urea, UAN, and AMS are just stabilizing with humic. Um, I would use AMS and humic. Uh, I love ammonium sulfate. And um, so I would do ammonium sulfate with uh, Brexel. Brexel is a micronutrient mix and uh, RGS. That would be my go-to if I was pulling a hose right now. I'm just not a big fan of urea, urea and UANs. What's up, Mark Raymond from Atlanta? Currently using an older 10 plus year old mower. And uh, whoa, whoa, got some more information coming in here. Uh, 10 plus year old mower, and I'm considering getting a newer mower. Any push mower recommendations for those upgrading from an older mower? Mark Raymond, I don't know, man. To be honest, I have not used a push mower in uh maybe 10 years so i don't know uh in fact 
I mow so little year in and year out. I try and keep from mowing, man. <laughs> Not to sound ridiculous, but uh, I just I don't I don't really know anything about mowing since I left the golf world. And even then, I was mowing on a on a real mower, so I just I don't know, man. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm, I would not be the man to help you. Uh, what should I do if I want to mow the lawn every day, but it doesn't technically need it? And how do I deal with my wife and me mowing daily? Connor, this is <laughs> this is a very interesting point here. Um, I would first talk to your wife and explain that you and your habit with mowing is not affecting or harming anyone around you. It's simply self-torture, and therefore it should be a boundary between you and her that she does not involve herself in your mowing habit, just as you would not involve yourself in her white wine habit. So that's how I would handle that situation. And then if you want to mow the yard every day, I will tell you, here's the secret. It does need to be mowed every day. So you're not really doing yourself an injustice by mowing every day. What you're doing is you're giving the turf grass the ability to do exactly what it wants to be done, what needs to be done to it. And that is keep it mowed by mowing it at that level of frequency. You're actually minimizing the amount of stress you're putting on that turf plant. So Connor continue to mow the lawn every day. Do do stay out of your wife's white wine and three do not let her interfere with your mowing how about that it's the best advice i got right there my fescues are looking the best they ever have i sprayed rgs for the first time in december is this coincidence or is it due to the crazy warm beginning of the season i don't know phil sullivan what i suggest you do is take a plug of your lawn uh, take a look at the, the depth of the root system and then take a non-RGS treated lawn that looks similar and uh, and look at the depth of the root system there. That would be my best bet. Uh, <laughs> it's not that it's Bush League, man. I just, I don't, I just, you know, that's that's one thing I've, I've just, I haven't really done in such a long time. So, um it's, it's not bush league. It's actually mowing is equally important as all the chemical aspects. It's just my niche, my, my whole career, everything I've centered around fertilizer and weed control, not the mowing part of it. I just, I don't, I don't know enough about it. All I know is that when people mow my lawns incorrectly, I get really angry about it and I have to tell them. Half the time I can't even tell them what I did, what they did wrong with it. I just complain. Connor, give me your mower. I will help you with that habit. That swordsman is awesome. It is awesome. Connor, I will tell you. It is awesome. For those of you that you haven't done that, if you want to see somebody do something awesome with Kentucky Bluegrass, subscribe to Connor Ward. What he does is with Kentucky Bluegrass is awesome. And he has a nice hipster mustache to boot. And he's in Iowa. I did not know there were hipsters in Iowa. I'm sorry, Connor. I had to say it. <laughs> I had to say it. Uh, the grass factor factor stickers. No, man, I don't have any stickers. Uh, and to be honest, I probably won't um, get any grass factor stickers. Uh, you know, maybe maybe one day, maybe one day. 
Connor, you're in Utah. Why did I think you were in Iowa, man? If you're in Utah, then you totally get to have a hipster mustache. I'm sorry I said that. That was terrible of me. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, but I do too. I super envy Connor's lawn. It's awesome. It's awesome. There he is, Ray. What are you doing? Raining and winding in Hawaii right now. Good to see you, sir. Uh, it was raining and windy here last night, and then we got snow today. So uh, had to had to mix it up. I'm on a Monday night schedule instead of my typical Sunday night schedule. Um, oh, look at this. I'm getting a picture of an elevator. That is a walk behind elevator. That's pretty pretty nifty. Um, anyway, interestingly, uh, yeah, I bet you do wish it would snow there. It, I, you know, listen, I take the snow for what it's worth. I wish, you know, if it's snowed here twice a year and we got a nice heavy snow each time, I'd be totally satisfied with it. Uh, but you know, sometimes we get snow and it seems like it lasts for a long time. And then other times we barely get any snow at all and it just acts like it wants to snow and it never does so hey you know you know you know you know grass daddy um how much snow are y'all going to be getting up there in the uh in the northeast i know you're you're pretty you're pretty far out there so uh i think i know what is it in the upper new york or something they're forecasting like 10 to 15 inches of snow something like that maybe into maine i don't know that is so bananas to me that's just a completely uh, completely different world to me. 12 to 17 inches. No, sir. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, right. We do get hard frost. We get really hard frost. We actually get freezes too. Uh, you know, this year we got down to two degrees, which is the coldest it's been in, uh, several years. So, you know, it was very, very hard on what was going on out there. What is up Trent Burns? How are you, sir? Um, Trent, did you watch any of the, uh, of the basketball games for the, the SEC tournament. <laughs> yeah, enough to make Zorja behave itself. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see what the Zorja grass does coming out of the dormant period this winter. Um, used to, there there was a lot of emerald here in Knoxville, and uh, it seemed like the we went through a period where it was snowing a lot. This is long before I lived here. And it caused kind of a natural decline in the population of zoysia. And, uh, and now we're seeing more of the hybrid emerald zoysias. You know, so, um, you know, your, your fine-bladed El, was it the, the El Toro? I can't remember now off the top of my head. Anyway, that's what kind of, uh, Xeon, Xeon zoysia is the one I'm thinking of. And uh, so, anyway, that's where we go. Connor, are you a ski guy? Yeah, do you do, do you do lots of skiing? Uh, Snowmageddon's about to hit the north. Oh, uh, I got another text message. Let's see here. What do you use to text your pH in your mixes? Uh, I don't do a whole lot of of pH testing. If I do, I just use pool strips. Uh, or water testing strips that I get at a local um, uh, pool supply store. So I know what the pH of my water is here at the house, and it's just below seven. So 
Uh, typically, I can use my PS804 acidifying surfactant, and I'm good to go. I don't really have to worry about things. So, you know, that that's the other thing. The other thing, too, is that RGS in and of itself is slightly acidic. So, if I'm starting off with that in a tank mix, typically, I don't have an issue with pH either. Um... When using the NEXT products, how do you feel about putting down the product before the grass starts to grow, RGS and aerate? Uh, Sigmund, that's fine because with humic-based substances, it's all about creating soil surface area. And that uh, RGS and aerate help maximize soil surface area. Uh, so putting that down before the explosion of growth from the grass is is just fine. It really is going to benefit at any time. But in terms of actual visual impacts that you will get, typically you want to do it as the grass is growing in combination with the fertilizer. I don't know that about Air 8. I've just started using it this year, so I'm still in experiment mode with it. Yes, the one where Ole Miss lost. I'm sorry. Uh, what is this grass that looks like Dallas grass? How do I kill it? It probably is Dallas grass. Uh, if it's in your St. Augustine, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know about Dallas grass in St. Augustine. I would say you would have to do fall applications of uh, Celsius. The other thing it could be, too, is carpet grass. Sometimes carpet grass will look like Dallas grass. Um, if it's green this early, it could be Dallas grass. It could be carpet grass. Carpet grass can be controlled with the high rate of Celsius as well. Um, I do not believe you can put Revolver on Dallas grass, but you may want to check the label on Revolver, and you can run Revolver and Celsius together and get good efficacy on Dallas grass. So that's all I know. That is all I know. Uh, not really for skiing. Used to a ton 20 years ago. Just went last year for the first time in 20 years. Wow! Only good reason for snow is snow sports, which I don't do. So snow is a no-go. Wow. Connor, if you had to play any sport, what would your sport be? I would say you're an athlete. I don't know why, but I think you're an athlete. Uh, that is on Bermuda grass. Uh, Sigmund, you know, that's entirely up to you. Um, you know, you can put it down now. Uh, you know, in, in, if it were me, I like to put down things like RGS in combination with a fertilizer. So that's how I would structure it. Now, if you did want to do something early, um, you know, maybe Air 8 would be a good thing to go down early. This kind of ties in with U-Trip burns as it's coming out of dormancy using Air 8. It's a rainy season. It's going to allow that water perk. Um, it's going to help flush a lot of that uh, potassium hydroxide out of the soil too uh, as it comes down. So... You know, there you go. Uh, yeah, so if you want to do something early, here's one thing to keep in mind with Air 8 is if you're going to mix it in combination with other herbicides, it will not be viable in the tank for very long. So if you're going to mix it in combination with one another, hurry up and get it sprayed. Don't let it sit. Matt, what is going on, man? Haven't seen you since the GIE. How are things? Uh, my favorite product for raising the pH. Um, it depends. If I'm low in magnesium, I use dolomitic lime. If I'm good in magnesium, then I use, I like to use the, the fast-acting lime, the calcitic lime with PHCA technology. So that's calcitic lime in combination with humic acid. Um, so that's always 
That's always good stuff there. Um, I was going to do my RGS and Air 8 app Wednesday. Guess now I should wait until the ground thaws. If your ground is frozen, Tom Thomas, I would wait till it, it thaws. Um, Revolver Ghost on St. Augustine at 20 ounces per acre, only if well cared for. So that is a low rate. Uh, actually, that's not... That's a that's a pretty uh, decent rate there. I was going to say 16 ounces to the acre is a low rate. So 20 ounces to the acre, and you could run that with your centipede. But again, um, keep you know keep that in mind. It, it, look at the caveat on what Ray says here. Only if well cared for. So you have to have a high performing high-functioning St. Augustine to be getting that aggressive with it. So pay attention to your conditions. If you have conducive conditions, probably mediocre temperatures, it's good to go ahead and try it. Experiment. Test spots first. Please don't go out blanket spraying revolver uh, and Celsius on your St. Augustine without testing it first. John Bates says Celsius and Sedgehammer smoke carpet grass. There you go. There you go. Connor Ward is a boater. That's funny. Um, Connor, I will tell you about the Air 8. Um, okay, so Air 8 is an interesting product. Now, most liquid aeration products are surfactants, meaning it's a wetting agent. It's going to break surface tension. It's going to help water perk into that, that soil faster, more efficiently. I will use the word efficient. The interesting thing about Air 8 is it's not, okay, it's completely reacted humic acid that has not been brought back down in pH. So they leave it at a relative, not a completely high pH. It's been brought down, it's been stepped down, but it hasn't been stepped completely back down in pH. So there is still KOH, potassium hydroxide, in solution. So when applied to the soil, what happens is the unreacted KOH in solution reacts in the soil humus layer and drags the organic acids from that humus layer down and creates these microfractures in the soil, ultimately having a quote-unquote aerification effect. It's not going to put plugs in your yard. It's not, you're not going to wake up and there's going to be, you know, goose turds all over the lawns if you spray it with air right. That being said, does it actually aerify? Yes, it is creating a, highest sur a higher soil surface area. More surface area means more room, more space, more porosity to take in things like oxygen, airflow, water, nutrients. All those things become more available can be stored better with better soil surface area. So, does it actually aerify? Yes. Does it put plugs in the yard? No. Congratulations, uh, congratulations, Matt. I believe that is, is that baby number two for you? Is that baby number three for you? Can't remember. Uh, I know GCI likes higher bricks. What's your take on it? I know it won't compare to the product you're coming out with soon. Hard believing only two apps for the year. Uh, Higher Bricks is a good product. It is um, 
it is a it's a it's a actually a, a homogenized product. I, I believe I don't know a ton about it. I, I don't know. That's um, that's that's Pete's deal. Uh, he believes in it. He loves it. And if he if he's into it, then it's it's a great product. Um, being only two applications a year doesn't actually bother me. Um, there's lots of things that I can think of that I can only apply twice a year and be done with. So, you know, the two apps a year thing just doesn't, doesn't really bother me at all. If done right, you know, you could technically really only get away with putting down like two pounds of in per, per year. And, uh, and you know, you'd be, you'd be good, good to go. Um, it's different than what we are producing. Um, it probably extends along the same line, uh, but it's different. You know, we're using carbon to store, uh, slow release and efficiently release, you know, our inputs. Um, I think Hybrix is doing the same thing and it's going to be a combination of macro and micronutrients homogenized. So that's how that's going to go. Uh, what's going on, Drew Thomas? What do you think about hitting turf type tall fescue with tenacity second round to control nimble wheel too soon? In the season for any play and update, uh, probably not. If you are beginning to see nimble will, then by all means have at it. Typically, I see it here uh, late April time frame. So, uh, if you're beginning to see it uh, late April, I don't know when your second round is. If your second round is now, I wouldn't put it out now and expect it. Uh, but if you're starting your second round, you know, we'll say like first of April, something like that, then by all means, you you certainly can. Um, not for stress, St. Augustine, but Celsius Revolver removes many weeds if conditions are right. Yeah, Celsius Revolver is a great mix. Um, it's definitely the, uh, the, the MSMA replacement just with inexpensive cost. Now, hi, hi. Can we go with the next microgreen on turf type tall fescue throughout the year? Felix, I don't know. I have no idea, man. Uh, that is going to be a question for the next green county fertilizer people. So I would uh, I would ask them. Um, I know them. I know them well. They're you know John Perry is definitely a mentor or friend you know of of mine. But I don't know a whole lot about the green county fertilizer projects products. The only ones I know the most about are going to be the RGS. Aerate and dethatch, uh, because those are going to be the ones that I use. So there you go. Curious how these commercial products compare to the DIY versions. Dor Dorothy Cohen, I very much do. I'm a big giant man, and so I sport two chins. Um, okay, here's the difference, Grass Daddy, um, between a DIY version and a commercial product. Okay, so Green County Fertilizer actually manufactures this product. And they, they don't mix the product. They actually manufacture it in solution from the get-go. So it's going to be different than buying a powdered humic acid and dissolving it. And then buying a powdered seaweed and dissolving and creating a suspension. Versus an actually manufactured brewed from raw material, quote-unquote brewed from raw material into a solution into the bottle. Uh, so just a little bit different in terms of e efficacy there, because what you're doing is 
you know, a, a DIY product would be, you know, brewed into a solution and then dried into a powder and then crushed and then brought back into solution. So there's an extra step there. You know, it's it's hard to say how that will work. Uh, Trent, you will test some of the granular juju when I can get enough of it produced to be able to send out a bunch of samples. Um, it's hard to say. It'd be hard to do right now. Uh, will you show the rest of the video of the spring seeding today? Um, that was pretty much all I recorded there. Uh, the, the rest of it I had to do. Um, I, I couldn't do it. It's, I can't run the permagreen and hold the phone at the same time, so that was all I, I recorded on that today. But there goes Pete. Three apps, not two. There you go. Uh, thoughts on green county fertilizer detach. Hard to believe it actually eat a visible amount of thatch. Thatch can be made decomposed. I've done it by correcting soil chemistry. Adequate, but not excessive. Helps as well. Uh, that's right. So <laughs> dethatches, I mean, it's such a simple product. It does... You know, you you rely on soil biology and you rely on a little bit of heat and a little bit of ingredients. So it's very basic. It's a humic-based product with molasses and yeast. Old farm trip trick, uh, you know, I think oh, Jerry Baker was the guy who did it too, where you mix the molasses and beer in a tank and then spray it on your grass and you get this visual bump. And it's it's the same thing, you know, molasses, you're, you're, you're feeding the microbiology in the soil. It's going to chew up that thatch layer. Um, any sort of visual impact you get from it is the, the release that takes place through the chew up of that thatch layer. Um, yeah, I mean, can, can you make thatch decompose? Yeah, absolutely. And you can reduce thatch by changing things simply like, you know, in, increasing your mowing frequency, uh, you know, dialing down the amount of water you put on the yard. I mean, so it's not exactly, um, it, it's, it's not exactly out of the question to be able to do that. It's, 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 a, it's very simple and it's very, um, it's 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 simple to do. That's right, and and you you have to be careful with with molasses. You know, like typically the rates of that are going to be at max a pint per acre. Um, you know that is very 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 little. Uh, you know, and if you if you want to make your own, you know, put a, a a couple two three beers in it, and you know you got it good. So you know. Again, it's 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 very simple. It's very basic. It comes from the agriculture world, and um, and that's just that's just how how it goes. Grass Daddy, I really appreciate that. I understand it's about time for me to go to bed too. I'm about to fall asleep, so I'm gonna end it right there. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I apologize for the uh, the hiccup with the technical difficulties. I'm not the most technically inclined person, so it's a uh, a little bit of a little bit of an issue in my end. So, anyway, thank all of you for tuning in. I really appreciate it, uh, guys. If you're not a member, join the lawnforum.com. The lawnforum.com. Great people over there. Incredible DIY guys. Uh, subscribe to Connor Ward. Connor Ward on YouTube has one of the most amazing Kentucky bluegrass lawns of a homeowner I think I've ever seen. He really does a super jam-up job. 
Um, subscribe to the Grass Daddy. The Grass Daddy is awesome. Uh, you know, he and I, we, we did a little collaboration together and we have lots of fun with things on the back end of YouTube. Um, so, all right, y'all, that's going to get it for me. I really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I can't thank you enough for allowing me to do this. Uh, it's amazing. This is honestly a dream come true. So, uh, thank you all of y'all. Have a wonderful night. Take it easy. Take it easy.